1: When you got a love and it's good like
2: it should be
1: Makes you never wanna give it up Cause you
2: know that some people die for love And I believe it's true cause I do the same for you
1: Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Bremen University and here at UCI and she trains corporate leaders powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guest, please visit conflicthealing.com. Lori, what's your show about this morning?
2: Well, Lloyd, today our show again is about fighting for love and I have a wonderful guest with me who's been my wonderful co-author and today we're going to be talking about two aspects of fighting for love and one of them is Stopping the Destructive Patterns That Ruins Our Relationships and the other is Who Are You and Who Am I? and let me tell you about our guest and if you haven't heard him before let me tell you about his background Leonard Simchuk is an author, speaker psychotherapist and a life coach for the past 40 years he's worked both in Australia and America as an educator and a therapist he was the director of the family therapy program at the Marriage and Family Center in Sydney, Australia, beautiful place, and later he worked with the Family Institute at Northwestern University in Chicago. He is author of The Roadmap Home, Your GPS to Inner Peace, which is an Amazon bestseller, as well as the novel Coke Cuckoo Forevermore, a lighthearted satire on psychotherapy. He's also the author with me on this book that's going to be coming out very soon called Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, A Couple's Guide. Leonard is a fabulous presenter and speaker, and he conducts seminars on personal and spiritual growth, and he counsels and coaches clients in Orange County, California. So thank you so much for joining us again, Leonard.
0: Well, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Mari. I enjoy our radio shows so much.
2: Yeah. So we are going to be talking now, Leonard, about stopping destructive patterns. So, we're, how we're going to do this is I'm going to ask you a question and then we're going to both jump in together, okay? Sounds great. All right. So, let's talk, to, let's tell our audience, what are patterns?
0: Well, you know, as a therapist, I work with couples and I see patterns occurring repeatedly. We don't realize it, but we have different patterns that we keep on repeating. And the patterns have to be... And and the patterns are very productive in some respects because think of it this way. When you learn to drive a car, you learn and it becomes a habit and you don't have to remember about driving. You just automatically drive that certain way. Unless, of course, you drive in Australia (laughs) and you have to change your patterns and habits. So Drive
2: on the wrong side of the street. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: true. So growing up, we have to really adapt to our situations and families, and then we develop patterns. And one way, I see them as strategies. So let's say to get my needs met, I might use different strategies to get my needs met, and if they get my needs met, I repeat them over and over again, and then they almost become unconscious. And these patterns can be positive and negative, because I'm sure you could find some positive patterns and negative patterns in your work in mediation. Right, Molly?
2: Right. And so, you know, I think it's really important to remember that we We've got those conscious ones and those ones we can say, well gee, you know, I do this, I make maybe I make it uh, like you do you make uh, the stuffed cabbage and it was something that you learned from your mother and you make it fabulous so that's a pattern that you learn how to make that and certain things that I learned from my family of origin they're a pattern they work well, I like it those are positive ones and I'm conscious of them but like you said the unconscious ones that that you and I see both in mediation and and in counseling are destructive, can be destructive and we do them like you said because it's, it, it helps us to, to categorize things. If, if someone treats me in a certain way, my pattern may be to respond in the same way that I have before because I've learned. So if I am suspicious of someone, I might, um, I might act like I did when someone else hurt me or did something to me, but it's not necessarily fair because those patterns may or may not be effective, right?
0: That's true. So I, I'm thinking, if I look at my childhood, my I grew up in a family with a mom, single mom raising four children as a factory worker. And life was a struggle. And that became a pattern. I saw life was a financial struggle. It was an emotional struggle. And so my pattern was, I re- didn't realize it, but... I noticed that life became a struggle. And that became part of who I am. And the strange thing is, Mari, is that I found that when life started getting easy, I would start creating more projects so I can struggle some more. That became my pattern. And I didn't realize that it was a pattern until I said, this is strange that I seem to be struggling a lot. Before we change a pattern, we first have to identify what it is.
2: Yes, and patterns can get us stuck. You know, right now I'm going through in my life a a change of just trying to decide what do I want to do. Do I want to continue in my practice? Do I want to be teaching more? Do I want to do harmony by design? And, And I find myself in this pattern of not letting go. I don't let go easily. That's a pattern, and that is one I would like to change. So, first of all, like you said, we have to first be aware of that pattern, because otherwise, like I I know for myself, I don't want to give up ever. I I, I remember people have said to me, I would have been a great Cubs fan,
0: (laughs) because I never give
2: up, I never give up, and that doesn't serve me, but... Like you said, you, we first have to recognize, that's the first thing. Once we know it's a pattern, and it's not serving us, it's not serving our relationship, that's when we want to stop those.
0: And so, and for you, you, uh, I mean, I'm mean, i like you. I'm very tenacious. And so if I've got something, a goal, I hold on to it, and I keep on persevering, just like you. It's difficult to let go. So that habit serves a very positive function in our lives to survive. However, to another extreme, it doesn't serve us when we really need to let go of things that don't serve us. Right. So again, it's it's a pattern that we can recognize and know when we want a behavior to serve us and when we want to alter a behavior, a, alter a pattern.
2: Right. So let's talk about some of the healthy patterns that actually promote intimacy. You know, I was thinking about um, when Lloyd gets mad at me and he's, you know, listening to this right now. But when he gets mad at me and he gets upset, uh, a positive pattern that I do is I go over to him and I just kind of lean on him and breathe slowly. And that's a pattern that I do that seems to calm him, calm me, and then we can talk or just, you know, move on from whatever happened. So that's a pattern that I consciously do that promotes intimacy and kind of deflects conflict so we can move to the next level. So what are some of the other healthy habits that we want to promote in intimacy? Well, as you say,
0: there's some unconscious healthy habits. I mean, in mine, I'm a, I'm a really good worker, raised in Chicago. Chicago has a very strong work ethic, and my family had a very strong work ethic. Everyone in our family, we worked hard and that's a very strong pattern, and and I do. I love my work, and so I love spending lots of time with my work. Um, However, I have to be watchful so that I balance pleasure and work and relationships and all these elements in my life. Other healthy uh, patterns in my life I was taught not to really Talk about difficulties. And I've been trying to correct a pattern so that if there is a problem, to talk about it, express my feelings. So that became a healthy pattern to say, I want to share more about what's going on with me, talk about my feelings, because that is a correcting pattern that I didn't have growing up. So that's a very healthy pattern as well.
2: Yes. So as we think about what we want in our lives to create... A, a pattern that we can keep doing. We want to think, well, what is it that I can do that I can substitute a negative pattern for a, a, a positive pattern? So let's talk about some of the negative patterns that promote conflict.
0: Well, some of the negative patterns, uh, Mari, are think of when there is conflict. So a negative pattern could be if I don't like conflict, I may withdraw. I may blame and criticize, I may attack, I may evade, those could be negative patterns that somehow, uh, and, and usually I have people think, when you were a child and you didn't get your needs met, what did you do? And that will give an indication of, people will often say, well, I withdrew, or I went to play baseball, or play with my dolls, or what have you. So sometimes those early childhood patterns can be destructive. Well, when I, uh, parents got mad at me, I kicked the dog. Right, yeah,
2: to yeah. Yeah. have a temper tantrum mm-hmm. or something yes, like that. Yeah. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. And so those negative patterns then carry forward into relationships. So if you find a negative pattern Is I'm withdrawing Or I'm judgmental These can be negative patterns That get repeated In
2: relationships Right And you and I Have talked so many times About how people will blame That's what they learned That in the, the family of origin brothers, but Brother You know Would blame sister Sister would blame little sister And the whole family Would blame each other And then husband and wife Would blame
0: And you see it all the time In mediation yes, Don't you?
2: all the time There's That's the blame game The guilt guilt game. Those are things. But, you know, I was thinking about my own relationship because I think it, when I, whenever you and I do this and we talk about our own relationship, it becomes very real for us and what we're doing to, to change things. And I was thinking about how I push Lloyd's buttons and um, you know, I'm thinking like if I tell him, oh, you know, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and I'm all excited about something that we're going to do, it just, you know, for him that's really hard. He wants to, first of all, know where ahead of time buy into it and then save energy for it because i'm always energetic and for him to think okay we have to do these five things i I better take a nap or something so i've got all that energy if i don't do that it pushes his buttons he gets mad and it causes a, a real conflict so so recognizing the buttons that we push the triggers that we have, that, that maybe patterns that we did with our family, maybe it worked and maybe it doesn't work with our loved one.
0: That's true. And then sometimes these patterns uh, get triggered by some of our feelings. If you think there are some really hot buttons, I'm not good enough, I'm not loved or yeah. lovable. I'm not worthy. Sometimes if we get a message from our partner that says, I'm not good enough. Now, for me, that was also one of my patterns growing up. It says, I'm not good enough. And so when I'm not good enough, I try working harder right. and and trying to do more or accomplish more. <laughs> By doing so, I figure, well, then I'm going to be good enough. <laughs> Somehow that doesn't work. <laughs> no, it just
2: wears you out, right? Yeah. It doesn't really get you where you're going. Yeah,
0: But it's important to recognize, again, yeah. when those negative patterns start draining, I guess the key is, are the patterns creating more love and intimacy, or are they creating more conflict or depleting energy? Those are really good indicators to see whether the patterns are serving you or not.
2: Right. And to even recognize that something's a pattern, I think sometimes people don't realize it. When they have the same fights over and over again, if you fight about money over and over again, or you fight about how you're disciplining your children over and over again. Those are negative patterns that you have to stop and say, where is this coming from?
0: That's so true. And then we also have a pattern of intimacy, togetherness versus separateness. So all couples have to negotiate these two. A lot of couples like really a lot of togetherness, a lot of them like more separateness. And so this continuum often becomes a pattern, it's almost like a a thermostat, you know, Mm -hmm. we've got a temperature between 72 and 68, Mm -hmm. some couples we like it to be 76 and 54, you know, really a huge range, and others like a very small range between 70 and 72 so some uh, that's important for people to recognize do I like more separateness or do I like more togetherness and then how do we it's a tango it's a dance how do we as a in a relationship dance together yeah. In togetherness and separateness
2: and and when you're talking about that's so important because if you think about when you're growing up your parents or my parents for example, had um, a lot of togetherness they worked together all day long then they were together at night I mean they were their best friends with each other and they were always together and so for me that was something that i always thought a a marriage should be that you're together 24 7 because they work together they live together they ate together they fought together too because you know that that uh, familiarity breeds contempt (laughs) but but basically that was how the pattern that i learned and then when i you know got married the first time I, he was that kind of pattern too you know but then with Lloyd it's not that same pattern so I have to adjust my pattern and understand what is this pattern am I and am I, I going to be smothering? Or am I going to be, there are some people that are so on their own that they don't connect at all.
0: Well, this is a great point, because in your family, togetherness was the theme. You saw that, you witnessed that. In my family, we had the opposite. Right. My parents separated when I was young, and so we were all very separate. We were taught to be very individual. And I remember my sister and my brother were in the same high school, and they were on the, my my brother was on the... Uh, diving team and my sister was on a swimming team and unbeknownst to them they showed up for a contest <laughs> and they said what are you doing here <laughs> and they said well we're on the team <laughs> We had so much separateness that we didn't communicate what we were doing. Yeah, and and I have to watch because in my life I do like my separateness, and that can create conflict in my relationship.
2: Right, because so that's like you said, the dance or the negotiation. If I if I need that togetherness, but I also need to recognize my spouses need to maybe go with a guy somewhere or do something that's a a guy trip, going you know looking for gold up in northern. Fishing, <laughs> fishing, hunting. Hunting I'd never do. But those kinds of things, I have to be very mindful that, that let go. Let go of that. But that is a, a pattern that I am aware of. I think it's easier when we're aware. I think it's scary when we're not aware, and then these same kind of conflicts arise. And I think when we talked about a lot of people fight about money, you know that. So if one family came from a very generous family, they spent money, it it came easily, and the kids were getting everything that they want. And then the other spouse came from a very poor family, and they had to scrimp, and they always had to count their pennies, and they are just terribly fearful of of you know, spending money even when they have it, then that is going to be a big conflict as well. So it's going back again to recognizing where do these patterns come from and are they real now?
0: Yes, and you know, the thing is you can map out patterns. And I usually have, when I work with couples, I have um, a board and I write a circle, draw a circle, and then at the top I put A, and then uh, around, the, around the circle A, B, C, and D. A causes B, which causes C, which causes D. So, let's say if uh, I say to the husband, uh, what happens uh, with you when you have an argument with your wife? He says, well, she nags me. Oh, Mm -hmm. when she nags you, what do you do? I withdraw. Mm. When you withdraw, what does your wife do? She nags me more. (laughs) When she nags you more, what do you do? I leave the house. (laughs) So, you can can map out your, your pattern in a sequence of behaviors.
2: Yeah, so that's that was just kind of leading perfectly into what I wanted to talk about with you is kind of, you know, how we identify our patterns. I love the idea of having a visual. And, you know, what are some questions we can ask ourselves? I was thinking, like, to think of a conflict that you had recently, right? And then say, okay, what happened that triggered me to get angry? What happened to trigger me and get us into conflict. So that's pretty much like starting on your circle. Then so maybe one
0: thing would be, yeah. what happens is, um, I was sitting in the living room watching TV, and my partner started telling me to do some chores. Right. And so, whoa. And then all of a sudden, what happens to me? I feel yeah, <laughs> like i
2: feel. I'm pressured, pressured, and pressured. Pressured, yeah. chastised. I feel pressured, chastised. I feel like they're bossing me around, mm-hmm. controlling me, right? <clears throat> so then you question, you know, how are my buttons pushed? Right? How are my buttons pushed? Well, my buttons pushed because, you know, I don't, I don't like somebody to control me. I don't want to be controlled. And then the next question is, you know, like you said, how did you respond? Well, you know, did I attack? Did I defend? Did I withdraw?
0: Did I pout?
2: Did I pout? Did I deny the feelings, or did I express it and just start screaming? You know? Or
0: did I say, you know, honey, I feel really, uh, I'm, I'm sitting down relaxing. I'd like to just watch a little TV before doing the chores. Right, I mean, there's right a lot of other ways to do it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm really exhausted. Mm-hmm. Just give me 15 minutes and I'll get up and I'll help you with this, you know. And that's, you know, some. I, that sounds very familiar in my house. <laughs> you know, I, I don't say anything, but I'll look at him, he'll see me doing the dishes and you know, I, and then he'll say, "Just let me." I don't say a word, you know, <laughs> but I'm doing the dishes, and I'll just see him. Just say, "I just need to rest for 15 minutes." So I have learned to just not say anything because most of the time he's a great cook and he's cooking. So I feel like it's okay. It's okay. And then if he gets up, that's great. If he doesn't, well, that is. Well, the
0: beautiful thing is, Mari, what you're doing is you're being mindful and watchful of your feelings, your thoughts, and. Choosing to react differently. That is really the key to break Mm -hmm. a pattern is to consciously choose to act differently than what we've been programmed to do.
2: That's so important. It's just recognizing some people don't even believe they have a choice. They're on automatic pilot, and they respond or they react in the way they have always reacted. They go, this is the way I am. So deal with it. Instead of saying, This is the way I am. This is how it worked for me in the past. It's not really working for me now. What other choices do I have? What can I do differently, right?
0: And you figure, by the time we were six years old, we've had 50,000 hours of programming. Yeah. So talk about the unconscious programming. That's 50,000 hours of programming. Yeah. That's is often becomes unconscious.
2: Yeah. Well, we have in our book, um, in this chapter, and again, I want to say the name of our book, Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, A Couple's Guide. We have in this chapter that we're talking about, Stop the Destructive Patterns, you know, and doing it by choice. You know, I, I love that one of the things that we did is we have a, a little exercise to fill in the blanks. So it's like, when my partner does something, like you talked about, when my partner... um brings up money issues, Mm -hmm. okay, I feel...
0: I feel inadequate, like um, I'm not a good saver, I'm not a good provider.
2: Right. So I may react by saying, you're a spender, right? And then my partner may say... I
0: am a spender. (laughs) (laughs) And I may feel guilty that I'm spending all the time. Right
2: right okay so we talked about like when my husband watches television um when i try to talk to him about the kids people will say that Want to talk about the day my kids i feel disrespected when when he's just looking at the tv so i react in an angry manner and then the man that he listen, and that he gets mad and then it turns into a fight and then we're just nowhere talking about the kids so those are the things that that we do so Let's go back to clarify. So how can we stop these negative patterns? What are some steps that we can do, Leonard?
0: So we were talking, let's take the financial thing because that's a very common. That's a big one. Huge with um, kind of, when I think of working with couples, finances, sex, and sometimes in-laws. (laughs) <laughs> those have been some of the big three that always right. keep resurfacing up family right. and whatever uh, but money is a huge one
2: and kids and know, kids the, and, and yes, p- punishing kids mm-hmm. and yeah, parent yeah
0: yeah those are those are the, really all the big and, and couples always create patterns around each one of those issues right. So one can be a, se- a spender one could be a um, saver. a saver. And so, and, and then we start polarizing because the more I see my partner spending, the more I've got to save, right. and then and then there's a polarization. I can't spend anything because my partner's spending,
2: right. and
0: then then there's resentment.
2: Right. And then the more he saves or she saves, the more I say, "There's money available to you to yes. spend."
0: Right? Yes. Yes. Right. So the thing is, is to recognize what is the pattern. So first step is just as we we talk about awareness. all the time, awareness. To be aware, what is the pattern? What hooks me? What is there any triggers from when I was growing up? What gets me mm, reacting so emotionally? Because I get attached right. to that behavior and that emotion. Right, right. And, and then, it, it, amazingly, just by putting the pattern out there, there could be a, a big shift. Right. It says, wow, I didn't realize that when you talk about spending, I feel threatened. I feel right. really threatened. That we're scared. Insecure. Right. Scared. And that gets me aware of when I was a kid, my mom was working all the time, and we were always being threatened that she was going to be laid off from the factory.
2: Right, right. And
0: so as a result... No food on the no table. No food on the what table. mean to you. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so then I start recognizing these inadequacies and these fears, and it gives me an opportunity to say, well, what new patterns do I want to create? How can we work together and create right. a different pattern?
2: And you can ask yourself, when when that comes up, that money issue comes up what you know not only what am I feeling but how did I react to my partner to kind of recognize do I have a pattern that I keep reacting in the same way and then she or he reacts in the same way and then it escalates to something else and it just you know the conflict just increases and we just keep putting it under the rug so those are the kinds of things and then to say okay what can we? What can I do differently? How can I see it differently? Right.
0: That's right. And what what steps can I do? So let's say with the money, you know, what we can do, we can maybe work and sit down together and create a budget together, or that we can work as a team about how we're going to manage our finances together. That conflict can lead to a very healthy resolution, and right. that's once we identify the patterns and we decide how we want to alter them. Right. Um, change can occur. Right. But we do have to also recognize whether we're more conflict-avoidant and conflict-engaging. Right. We're going to talk about that, you know, because uh, they're really all of us either tend to like conflict or right. n- enjoy engaging in conflict, right. debating, and others hate conflict and avoid.
2: Right. So, so the engagers um, can really kind of they escalate the conflict, yes, right? mm-hmm. they push the buttons, they kind of get energy from being able to to fight.
0: They love debating.
2: they love debating mm-hmm. and yeah, and and they they think that that energy is kind of getting them excited and maybe even like a sexual energy, like, okay, let's fight and then make up. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. so some people feel like that, and then those who don't want to fight that they're avoiders. They may be in denial, or they may get passive-aggressive.
0: May get passive-aggressive. They may evade. So they're not really, because they're not comfortable. Some of these uh, uh, individuals, um, I I tend to be a bit conflict avoidant. I don't like conflict. A lot of people don't, uh, because I saw so much um, domestic violence in my family. So there was some really horrific conflict. Those of us who come from those situations, we have to realize that conflict is just conflict. It's not going it, to. It doesn't have to be destructive. It just. It is what it is, and it can be. A, as we've talked all the time, Mari, it could be leading us to greater intimacy in relationships.
2: Right. It's a springboard for mm-hmm. us to mirror each other. Mm-hmm. It's a springboard for us to learn from each other. It's a springboard for us to learn new ways of thinking and kind of altering our perceptions that really haven't served us. So, conflict itself is just differing viewpoints. It doesn't mean that we have to turn it into something really escalated and nasty and hurtful. It can just be, wow that i don't see it like that at all you know we can just see things differently so i should ask you this question it's i don't have a lot of time but you know when people can't see it themselves leonard how can a therapist help us recognize and transform these you do this for a living
0: yeah we are a therapist what we do is we basically help couples understand and see their patterns, and then help them look at ways that they can alter their patterns. In a nutshell, that's really what we do.
2: Well, that's a perfect way to end. We're just out of time, but we're going to talk again next week about some other kinds of fighting for love. So thanks. You're wonderful. It's
0: always great being with you, Marie.
2: Okay, thank you. Just listen, you've been listening to KUCI 88.9, FM nervine, and kuci.org in the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 830 for fighting for love, turn conflict into collaboration, and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. Some people die for love. And I believe
0: it's true, I do the same for you.